Remember when Mario Lemieux came out of retirement and looked like a completely different player? What if Sidney Crosby incorporated some of that into his game? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Mario the Gunner. Anyone who was following the Penguins in that era will never forget any facet of it. Lemieux's return to playing was one of the most enrapturing storylines in our city's long sporting history, and I am not overstating that in the slightest. But what you had to understand about Mario was that he wasn't going to come back to fail. He wasn't going to risk damaging an already epic legacy. He'd already played from 1984 to 1997, he'd achieved everything under the sun that a hockey player could achieve, and then some. He had risen to the level of being considered the most talented player who'd ever lived. He didn't need to mess with any of that, and he wasn't going to mess with any of that. So while all the attention was paid principally to how he would handle things physically and all the training that he did and, you know, finally getting on nutrition programs and doing weight training and all those long-celebrated skates with Jay Caulfield out on Neville Island. And I was out there for more than one of those myself, covering it with my jaw on the floor. All of that stuff was, was, was fun and important because Mario wouldn't have been able to come back at his age if he hadn't done all that work. But there was something else that had to go into it, and Mario knew that because nobody could read the game the way he could. And that means the broader game, the way the game would have changed or morphed or the rules would have been adjusted, the speed, emphasis on size, whatever. And he saw correctly that the things that made him what he was before retirement weren't necessarily going to apply afterward. A lot of people casually, and I think correctly, refer to Mario as one of the greatest one-on-one players in the history of the game. If he was attacking you on the blue line, you were meat if you didn't back off. Not necessarily because he was going to smoke you with speed, although he could do that too, but because he was going to do something ridiculous to embarrass you on the way to the net. He wasn't going to be able to pull that off, not on any regular frequency. So he decided, he decided he was going to become a gunner, and he parked himself over in the left circle like Brett Hall, sometimes a lot lower than the left circle, like down by the goal line. 
he started trying to score goals on a regular basis in a way that no one had ever done. Those bad angle goals, we see a lot of those shots now. And we see guys even scoring on purpose from below the goal line. Jared McCann had one of those goals for the Penguins this past season for crying out loud, and he's just Jared McCann. Mario was the first one to do that, and he did that because he needed some way to remain great. And for the first time in his career, he was going to capitalize fully on what Viktor Tikhonov, the legendary Russian coach, once described as the greatest goal-scoring skill set in the history of hockey, meaning Mario. He saw Mario is the greatest goal scorer, finisher he'd ever seen, way back before that was widely recognized. So, why not, in a way, make a similar adjustment with Sid? This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this podcast a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. Once more, that's FuboTV.com slash DK. Sid is not Mario. Uh, he's not Mario in, in any facet. They're not really particularly similar players, so that's not a, a knock of any kind. No one's Mario. Mario could do pretty much everything better than everybody else. But Sid obviously has his own measure of greatness and his own way of having attained it to this stage of his own beyond belief career. But I've forever felt that Sid could shoot more and thus capitalize more than he has. And I'm somewhat borne out by the numbers. The first thing you ever notice when you look at Sid's stats bank is just, uh, I mean, ridiculous consistency. And that's what you would expect from someone like him. His effort is always so consistent. His approach to both ends of the rink is really consistent. And as a result, the numbers tend to be really similar up and down almost every column. He is currently at 486 goals, which means at some point this winter, everyone in Pittsburgh is going to be celebrating his 500th. And that's going to be really, really cool. But it'll be his 500th against what's currently a point total of 1,325. He's been a playmaker, first and foremost. He does average a decent amount of shots, although it's gone down a little bit the last two, three years, not a lot. He peaked out at 259. in the cup. That was in, in the year uh, when he put 48 goals home in 2013-14. In the two most recent cup years, 
he had 255 and 247. He's also had extremely consistent and high shooting percentages. His career figure is 14.6, which is it's really, really good. That is really high for those of you who don't track hockey stats on a regular basis. He can shoot a lot, and he can score a lot. I have felt like, and I'm open to being countered on this, debated on it, or whatever, I have felt like he has deferred a little bit too much to his wingers. That he's put himself in the role of playmaker when he really ought to be gunning. And that goes double for his work on the power play. Sid can get off a one-timer. Again, he's not the left-handed Hull. He's not the left-handed Mario in this sense. But he can get it off, and he can score more ways than just you know, the backhander and everything else that you're used to seeing with Sid on the highlights. Sid can and does score from every conceivable angle, sometimes with one hand, forehand, backhand. Long range, short range. He's done all of those things. And more than anything, what Sid does bring, and this one I actually would make an argument that he's better at this than Mario, is his initial instant reflex of releasing the puck. Mario would get the puck, bide his time, and find a way to eat you alive. Sid is going to be much more likely to do something with the puck before you, or even you as the goaltender, have a chance to react. Use that. Become the gunner on the line. Let Brian Rust and Jake Gensel serve your plate instead of the other way around because you are, as Sidney Crosby, a better shooter than either of those two. And I have a feeling that this is something that would give the Penguins' first line and really the Penguins as a whole a very, very different feel. And once again, that goes double for the power play where I don't think anyone, including Sid, could conceivably argue that he couldn't be doing more and shouldn't be doing more. The power play more than anything. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where the good people there are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. And they, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you can be turned into five full meals by them for those in need. pittsburghfoodbank.org org question comes from john who asks do you think jeff carter deserves hall of fame consideration as he stands a hair from 400 career goals and have you heard from carter as to how many years 
He'd like to continue to play. He appears to be in excellent shape for his age and continues to be productive. Well, first off, John, I have to take at least mild exception with your last characterization. He's not in excellent shape for his age. He's in excellent shape. And he's not productive for his age. He's just productive. What we saw from Carter after that trade was unbelievable and, to be fair to the guy, unsustainable. I I really hope that expectations aren't that sky high for him in his first full season in Pittsburgh. As for the Hall, the easy, lazy answer when it comes to anything at all related to the Hockey Hall is that we have no idea because the process is not open. Uh, It's a, a bank of fewer than 20 voters made up of a panel Uh, You can find all of their names at the hhof.org website. And there's some great names on there, and it's fairly representative. You'll see people from uh, other countries, so it's not just uh, North American players who are getting in. Uh, You'll see uh, men, women. There's a lot of diversity and balance there, but... Anytime you have a group that small, you're going to end up with oddities and hiccups in your selection process, which is why I favor, and I don't care if this comes across as self-serving because I'm part of it, I always favor the bigger voting scope like what's available in baseball with the baseball writers. There's hundreds of us who partake in it, and there's a lot less chance that you're going to have any kind of individual influence on who gets in or who doesn't. Carter, to me, is the classic case of the almost. Um, He would have to broach 500 goals. He would have to do something of some statistical certainty, if you will. I'll give you an example here, uh, maybe a little bit of a comparable. And that's Brendan Shanahan. When Shanahan was... He was bouncing around teams, and then he went to Detroit and started winning a lot of championships. Not that he hadn't won others, but you never really thought of Shanny as a as a Hall of Famer. And when the Wings were really the Wings, I have a little story to share with you. They were in Pittsburgh. This was at the Civic Arena, and I had done a Sunday column for the Post Gazette that day about who is and who isn't a Hall of Famer. And I listed all these Red Wings who I thought should be in the Hall, and I left his name off. And I ended up hearing about this from some Red Wings PR guy. And and then when I went into the Detroit locker room and wanted to get a word with him just to, you know, try to, you know, say something and explain myself, he wanted no part of talking to me. Shanahan, to me, was that guy where you don't think of Shanahan as being a great player. You saw him do occasionally great things. You saw him score a whole lot of goals. Tough guy, fight, did a lot of things well. But when I thought of those Detroit teams, believe me, I'm thinking of Sergei Fedorov, Steve Eiserman, Nicholas Lidstrom, and guys like that way before we get to Shanahan. And... Carter's kind of in the same boat for me, with one exception. Shanahan did get to 500 goals, but Shanahan played in a very different era. Carter won his own championships. 
in Los Angeles was a big part of the Kings doing that, the Kings making it to the top for the first time. But I don't think you're going to have any kind of argument in Carter's favor uh, over the long haul, unless, again, he were to stick around for a long time. And and I don't know that you're going to see that either. I I really don't. I I think he's got a contract to play out. He's going to play it out, and that'll be that. But man, if the Penguins can get another season out of him like what they just got, not to be unfair, but let's see if he can produce 63 goals because that's what his current pace is as a Pittsburgh player. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Let's do this again tomorrow.